I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode. I hope that you're doing well. It really feels like it's been quite a while since I've sat down and recorded, which you as a listener won't have noticed because I pre-recorded everything before I was kind of off for a few weeks. Context and a few updates on why I was off, how that went, and some lessons that I've learned as I tend to kind of learn through my experiences a lot and then translate that into things that I share on this podcast and elsewhere in my community. So basically I had my parents or excuse me my partner's parents visiting from England for they were here for a total of six weeks. We spent a bit of time in Vancouver where my partner and I live and then we came to Ontario where my family lives and we did some visiting with them and went to a cottage, went to Ottawa, Montreal which was amazing and yeah just had some really good family time really good relaxation time and you know I spent a lot of time just catching up with family friends and you know the rest so I had kind of mentioned that I had a few insights that I gleaned and going into this experience going into this period of a little bit of time off specifically from the podcast I was still kind of posting on social media and other things but while I had this time off I was doing a lot of thinking and reflecting upon this idea of you know what I'll call laziness but I almost don't want to call it that because that has kind of negative connotations, but ultimately taking a break, relaxing, allowing ourselves to have ease in our lives and also allowing ourselves to receive. That was a big theme for me this past month. As I kind of mentioned, I approached this past month as sort of an experimentation with a new way of being, a new way of approaching my work and you know, receiving money and relaxation, things that I've had somewhat of a complicated relationship with in the past. And I had mentioned in last week's episode about how I like to treat things in my life as an experiment. And really what I was wanting to do was just to see if I could allow myself to relax without feeling like I needed to do anything. I have been self-employed now for over a year and during this time I have taken no time off. I've felt like I've had to be working at all times and I felt like in order to receive 
anything in my in my life and in my business, I've needed to have a lot of energetic output. So the idea of having any form of passive income or of receiving without always needing to put out some sort of major energetic output, if that makes sense. In other words, without needing to do all the time and just allowing myself to be, that idea was very foreign to me. So the idea of allowing myself to relax, taking some time off and still feeling very well resourced and still feeling very held and supported by my work and by the systems that I've set up, that was kind of the experiment that I was going into it with. To get a little bit more clear, I was really trying to experiment with not initiating any kind of major energetic outputs to try to create income for myself. And what I mean by this is something that I'm trying to shift is just my relationship with money in general and the way that I go about receiving money. I have always felt like I needed to go out and do, go out and create opportunities for myself rather than being in the space of kind of calling in opportunities, allowing them to flow to me and allowing myself to receive. And with the creation of certain offerings that I've established from Design Your Character as well as my Patreon, I never know how to pronounce that. I'm going to go with, I think it's Patreon. Anyhow, With establishing certain channels that have allowed me to have more of a passive relationship with income, in other words, to kind of put in a certain amount of energy at one point and then allow myself to kind of receive thereafter, that has been a really interesting experiment. And I just had mentioned in last week's episode kind of how I see my role in this community right now is to kind of go through these experiences and these experiments and then just kind of report back to you. So what I will say is going through this experiment, I had a lot of programming come up with relation to laziness and you know, hard work and what it means to be worthy of receiving and what I need to put out there in order to be worthy of receiving. And what I will say is throughout the month, there was understandably a lot of resistance to this idea. I felt on edge. I felt anxious. And at times I felt as though I needed to, you know, go back to my old way of being and I needed to be going out and creating these opportunities for myself despite not really feeling like I had that inspiration and that direction in order to create those opportunities. And another thing I found really interesting was having my partner's parents visiting and just noticing and witnessing the ways in which I was so resistant to receiving. So for instance, if his partner's parents wanted to buy me a coffee or if they wanted to pay for a museum that we were going to or something along those lines, I just noticed how resistant I was and how prideful I felt and how necessary it felt for me to reject those opportunities to receive. I had talked about this a little bit on TikTok about how sometimes when we reflect on the small micro experiences of things like receiving that can signal how we feel on a grander scale about things like receiving. And this can go for other areas of life as well. But I was really, really being mindful and paying attention to throughout the month These opportunities, small opportunities, micro opportunities that I have to receive and 
how I oriented myself to them. So sort of unconditionally receiving things where I'm not being asked to pay someone back or where I'm not being asked to do a favor in return and just recognizing the discomfort that I feel about that and the narratives that I have about that from narratives of feeling spoiled or narratives of feeling like that person is going to resent me if I don't pay them back or any number of things that I can then look at my relationship to money as a whole and receiving as a whole and my relationship ultimately with the universe and recognize how I've sort of established that similar type of relationship with money in a bigger way. And so that's just a really interesting reflection and thought pattern and realization that I've been going through that I thought I would share because I think a lot of us could probably relate to that experience of feeling like receiving without conditions is really difficult but at the same time could probably open up a lot of ease in our lives if we were able to practice receiving. I think another way of reflecting on this in a similar way that can help us to uncover the relationship that we have with the universe, with a higher power in our lives, with God, with whatever we want to call it, is to reflect on how we related to authority figures in early life. So if the relationship that we had with authority in early life was that it felt punitive, it felt conditional, it felt like we didn't have any say in that relationship and we didn't have any power. I've just been reflecting on how that experience might have translated into the relationship we have with a higher power in our lives. So as I mentioned with the universe, with God with whatever you want to call it and reflecting upon how that might inform our relationship with things like receiving things like feeling worthy of receiving worthy of pleasure worthy of happiness worthy of contentment worthy of having experiences that we want to have and with fulfilling our desires that is basically a very long-winded way of summarizing some of the lessons that I learned from this little break that I took this past month and some of the lessons that I want to continue to explore both here on my Patreon and within my own personal practice. It kind of ties into what we'll be talking about today and essentially I had this thought about this idea of creation cycles. So a lot of what we talk about on this, uh, excuse me, on this podcast as well as a lot of what I see being discussed on other forms of media that are related to creating a life that you desire or manifestation or any one of these kind of ideas or even the idea of goal setting is we talk a lot about where we are now and where we want to be. So where we are presently versus the desired reality that we want to experience. And we talk about you know, what it would mean to be in that desired reality. And that's a big part of what we talk about here in this space. What I feel is sometimes missing though, is the path that we feel necessary to get there. So I like to refer to this as the creation cycle. So what we feel is necessary to get from where we are now to where we want to be. In other words, getting from point A to point B. Getting from your desire to the fulfillment of your desire. 
You have a desire which you believe to some extent is available for you to experience, but you also have a belief surrounding the path it will take to get there. When you become this creator and this being that is involved in the creation of your own reality, it's also important to consider not just what's manifesting in your current reality, but also the path that it took to get there. I'll see messaging circulating in the manifestation space about how certain individuals, for example, can achieve financial abundance. But when I see the lifestyles and the work schedules of these individuals, it doesn't appeal to me. And I think the really important thing to remember when it comes to manifestation and when it comes to creating your desired reality is that it's a highly, highly individual experience. And we need to validate that there is value in our own unique perspective in our own unique desires they're there for a reason and I like to look at them as almost a personal compass and I think the more that we try to align ourselves with the compass of someone else the more we find ourselves lost or off track or out of alignment I've talked before about how important it is to kind of check in with what it is that we feel we desire and make sure that it's deeply connected to our own internal desires and intentions and core values rather than that of others but I also think it's important to do the same process of checking in with the path we think is necessary to get there and I'll explain a little bit about what I mean so if I find myself engaging in the narrative that in order to get what someone else has that I desire I have to take the path that they took I always feel that I need to take a step back and examine this, especially when the path is unpleasant or undesirable to me. So as an example of this, when I was first considering what I wanted to do with my life ultimately and with my career, I was going through this process of identifying what it was that I wanted to feel in a new career, kind of identifying the experiences that I wanted to have, what I wanted my day-to-day to to look like, and essentially building my desired reality and designing the way that I wanted to be in my career. So in other words, going through this design your character process in the sector of career and really getting clear on what it is that I wanted. And what I would notice is obviously something that came up for me was the idea of self-employment. Now, the outcome of being self-employed and being successful as a self-employed person is something that I would talk to people about and share that that was my desire. And quite often what I would hear were all of these narratives surrounding what it would mean to get to that point, how much of my life I would have to sacrifice, how much of my life I would have to give up, how much of my social life, of my energy, of all of these things. And it felt like a very draining experience. And so you could understand how for a period of time when I was still employed, I was completely turned off by the idea of being self-employed because everything I was hearing about what it would take to get there was not appealing, not desirable, and was the complete opposite of what I wanted to create in my life. But what I really noticed was, despite all of that, the desire to be self-employed and to create this reality didn't go away. And so what I identified for myself was that I needed to find a path that still felt really good and still felt really attainable and sustainable and wouldn't lead me to burnout for me. The other really important thing to remember when 
perhaps you're experiencing this kind of what I was experiencing of having a desire and then everything that I was being told about what it would take to get there being quite negative and limiting and not sounding appealing. The other thing to consider here that I wasn't mindful of when I was taking this advice and when I was allowing it to, you know, trickle into my psyche and inform the way and the outlook that I had on self-employment was a lot of the time it was people perpetuating narratives that they had heard but hadn't actually directly experienced. I would say that the majority of people that I was talking to themselves were not self-employed. And then I would speak to people from time to time who had a different experience to share, who didn't have that same experience. And don't get me wrong, there were still a lot of self-employed people who perpetuated the same narrative. And I'm not saying it's wrong and I'm not saying it's valid and I'm not saying that that is the way that many people experience their career. However, for me, it didn't feel like something that I was feeling pulled towards. So it was only when I started to open up within myself to the possibility of something different, to the possibility of being shown a different path, even though I didn't have an understanding of what that would look like, that I started to open up to hearing more experiences from people who had different experiences with being self-employed. I talk a lot about this idea of being open to being shown something different, even if it contradicts a narrative that you are hearing over and over and over again. I find it really hard to replace that narrative immediately with something that feels expansive. So for example, if all I'm hearing and all I'm seeing and all that's being reflected back to me in my environment is this one singular narrative about self-employment, it's really hard for me then to just slap on an affirmation and say self-employment is easy or something along those lines. It feels a lot more accessible to me in these moments where I am questioning if there is a different narrative available to me, it feels much more accessible to ask questions about that, to be open to a different narrative being available. And so asking questions like, what would it look like to have ease as a self-employed person? And then once I started to see those experiences being mirrored back to me through other people, there also is this tendency to experience resentment or jealousy or start to create this whole narrative about why they have have ease and why I can't have it, noticing in those moments that narrative coming up, recognizing that I asked to be shown this experience of ease, and then trying to integrate that experience in my own life, try to take some of the lessons that I'm learning through these people in my life and applying them to my own experience. I say this a lot on this podcast, which is that if you are listening to this, you more than likely believe on some level that you have a degree of influence over your reality that you're experiencing, over the character that you're playing in your reality. And as a result, for me, I want to have beliefs and narratives about my life that feel good. And it's not to bypass any negativity that exists in my life, but it's about using my experiences that I'm having to define the character that I want to play. And I've said that before about how even though I could be having experiences that feel difficult in the moment, recognizing how they may be playing a part in a grander 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In kind of a grander, what's the word I'm looking for? When I zoom out, being able to see how that difficult experience could actually open me up to more ease. So an example that I've used before is how can I experience more ease in my workplace? And then immediately having an experience with a colleague where you have a conflict. I think when you are open to being shown more ease, you could look at this experience of having conflict with a colleague as being necessary for you to learn how to navigate conflict and how the experience of navigating conflict in the workplace healthily will actually create more ease within yourself and within your work. So ultimately the way I see it is if I believe myself to be a powerful creator who can influence my reality, why would I perpetually engage in these creation cycles that demand constant, grueling, hard work, suffering, and completely deplete me if I am aware of the fact that I could create whatever I wanted to and that I could create a relationship with whatever it is that I am desiring that feels more ease-filled, if that makes sense. And quite often, even within myself, I experience pushback when we explore this idea of hard work. Now, I want to be clear in that my attitude isn't that there isn't value in hard work and that it can be a necessary and satisfying way of engaging in the creation cycle, but being closed off to the idea that it's the only way of creating is a great way to cut us off from experiencing ease. You may arrive at the reality that you desire through hard work, but if the path it took there was unpleasant and depleting, it's important not to fall into the belief that that is the only way to create. In my opinion, it's all about iterating and about saying, 
okay, I got to this point by doing X. That didn't feel good. What if I could try it differently next time? What if I could do it a little bit easier next time? What if I could open up to more ease next time? An example I've used before, I talked about this in the episode about playing your life like a video game, is how sometimes when we know that cheats are available to us, cheats in a video game that we're playing, we don't want to use them because it's actually more satisfying to not take that route. But the reality is we can be aware of the fact that that cheat code exists. We've just chosen not to take it rather than denying that there is an easier way. So that's kind of how I look at it. And the more we fall into a certain belief about what it takes to get from point A to point B, the deeper the pattern of creation becomes. We want something and we've received feedback that we can get it in a certain way. So we continue to feed into that cycle. And I think that becomes unconscious in the way that we do it. I've talked before about how when I was younger and I wanted friendship and I wanted to be included, the way that I went about getting there, my creation cycle, my way of getting what I wanted was to change the way that I was so that I could fit in, to let go of parts of myself, to abandon parts of myself so that I could fit in, to abandon friendships that I had so that I could fit in. I realized later in life that I was doing that and I was continuing to do that and I was recognizing that although I had this outcome of being included, it was extremely unpleasant because I wasn't being myself and I was having to pretend that I was someone else. And so the beliefs in that cycle as being the best or most efficient or right way of doing things become more solid within ourselves. And then we also can project them onto others through our stories and our narratives and advice. And again, a big way that that shows up for me is in career, in the way that we are taught to go about getting a career and the way that it's meant to look. And Again, similar to me having taken all of the right steps, having engaged with a creation cycle where I was working really hard, where I was giving up a lot of my time and energy for this job and having got the outcome that I thought I wanted, which was being in a successful career, but recognizing that I had to give up so much of myself and ultimately the result was extremely unpleasant. I was anxious. I was depressed. I was disconnected from myself. And so although I thought that that was what I wanted, the path that I took to get there involved so much of what I didn't want and being able to reflect on that. So when taking stock, and we do this a lot within Design Your Character, within a lot of my offerings, is we take stock of the beliefs surrounding what's available to you in life. So what you feel, for example, in the area of relationships, what you feel is possible for you, and just being able to become aware of what you think is available to you, kind of like thinking about what you can order off of a menu. What do you think are the opportunities within career that are available to you? Do you think it's possible for you to have a really flexible, easy, fun, pleasurable, exciting career? Or is that something that you've 
identified isn't available to you in this life? And if so, why? So it's important to take stock of those beliefs, but also to take stock of what you believe it takes to get there. So even if you think it's possible for you to be self-employed and be successful, and that's the outcome that you want, also identifying what you believe it takes to get there and uncovering any limiting narratives because they can be hidden a lot in our creation cycles, in what we believe is necessary from us. And I think it's important to do this because if you use the example of imagining you are going on a road trip, you wouldn't take the hardest, most indirect, most miserable, least scenic route if you knew other routes existed. So for example, if you knew that there was a more pleasant, more beautiful, quicker, more scenic route available, you would more than likely take that. And if you knew that there was a route that had all these beautiful places that you could visit along the way, as opposed to one that was going to be boring and flat and, you know, just lacking anything for you to enjoy along the way, you would want to take the more pleasurable route. And I think a lot of the times we feel guilty about that. We feel guilty about that desire to experience more pleasure because on some level, we've gotten to the point where it feels more valid and it feels more virtuous to take the harder path. And oftentimes, in my, from my point of view, the issue is more so related to the fact that we aren't aware that other routes are available to us. We've honed in on through societal programming, familial narratives, our teachers, the media. We've honed in on one way to do things or a narrow view of how to do things, which we then perceive to be the right or the only way. And I've used this visual before of kind of like looking through a toilet paper roll and only being able to see one kind of narrow view of what's going on and not being able to see all of the other routes and all of the other timelines that are available to us. So using another very common example, you desire financial stability and freedom, something that many of us desire, something that is very worthy of desiring and something that we don't need to feel guilt about wanting because these are things that are just going to make our lives easier and more pleasant. Now, the traditional path and the creation cycle that many of us engage with and that has been kind of really boosted up as the easiest, most effective way to get there is to go to university to get a job and then work in that job ideally for the rest of your life because then you'll achieve that stability, you'll get your benefits, you'll get your pay and you've kind of got it set. Now, not only has this singular path been presented as the best or most efficient path to success from my standpoint, but any alternatives that exist have been infused with messaging of fear, uncertainty, or even those are exception to the rule narrative. So anyone that doesn't take that path that happens to be successful I quite often feel that the narratives that's pushed about those people is their exceptions to the rule. I think one example that is fascinating to me that has kind of flipped this narrative on its head has been the onset of kind of content creator culture and how people have kind of been able to bypass this whole creation cycle and be wildly successful and not need to go through those same steps that were so ingrained in 
in what we believe to be necessary to get to that point that we that many of us desire the existence of this industry and this realm that has created so much opportunity for young people that didn't exist in the past is just another example or i guess just one example of how expansive it could be when we allow ourselves to imagine that there are other alternatives that exist here's this whole industry that exists that didn't exist in the past that is allowing people to bypass those creation cycles and those steps that we were told for so long were basically the only way to get where we wanted to go. I also have a few people in my life that aren't content creators, for example, but are very successful entrepreneurs who didn't go to university, some who even didn't finish high school. One of the most successful people that I know, at least from a financial standpoint, who also doesn't work a great deal and, you know, not someone who came from wealth and started with basically nothing. This person is self-taught. They didn't go to university, they didn't go to college, they didn't do any sort of diploma or program, and they still have been able to get to the same point. Now, it's not to discredit and recognize that the experience of, for example, going to university and getting a job, it's not to say that's a bad thing. I don't regret that experience and it taught me a lot and it was a really good experience. However, I think it's important, especially collectively, to not continue to perpetuate that that is the only way to be and it's the only way to experience life and to experience success especially because so many people don't fit into that system it's not designed for everyone it's also not accessible to everyone so to say that in order to get to this certain point you have to be able to go through these steps it writes out so many people from that equation and that's why I think there's so much opportunity to open up to creation cycles that are more inclusive of both your own way of being and collective ways of being that don't necessarily fit into those same systems. A really good way to reflect on this and just a quick way to consider the creation cycles that you may be engaging with and then kind of zooming out and seeing if they're supportive of a life that you desire is to just start with your desire. So the example we used was to be financially stable, to really build out what that looks like, what your character looks like as someone who's financially stable. How do they look, behave, act, speak, etc.? What does that feel like on an energetic level? What does that feel like on a physical, emotional level? For me, quite often what I think of with financial stability is freedom, ease, comfort, security. That feels like expansiveness. That feels like spaciousness. That feels like calm. And just really building out that picture. And then going on, going a step further and saying, what do you believe is required of you emotionally, physically, mentally, energetically, financially, et cetera, et cetera, to arrive in this desired reality? So do you believe, for example, that you have to work in a job that you hate with hours and a schedule that prevent you from having space for anything else in your life? Do you believe that you have to work hard or even suffer consistently to get to that point? And then how do those beliefs that you have about getting to the point that you want to get to, how do they feel in your body? Do you feel expanded or contracted? Light or heavy? Calm or anxious? Hope or dread? 
limited or expanded. It can also be helpful if you want to go a step further to consider how your beliefs about this path of creation, about this cycle of creation came to be. Because it's not like we just grow up believing these things inherently. They're taught to us, which luckily means that they can be unlearned. And Another thing on the flip side as you go through this is to consider any guilt you feel at the idea of an easier, more pleasurable path being available to you. And lastly, I think collecting evidence and looking at what's already manifesting in your current reality. Noticing any creation cycles in your life that are consistently draining you, creating discomfort and tension. And The last thing I'll say on this whole topic is when you're going through this experience, when you're wanting to open up to more pleasure and more ease, it's kind of like what I mentioned at the beginning of the episode about learning to receive without feeling like we need to, you know, completely deplete ourselves and learning to create from a place of inspiration and expansion and When we go about this process, it can be difficult because so much in the world is reflected back to us about how we have to work ourselves to the bone, about how taking rest is selfish, about how caring for our own needs is selfish. And what I've learned through this experience is the best way to navigate is not to fight back against those narratives. If someone wants to experience their life as really needing to work hard, really needing to go about a certain creation cycle in order to get somewhere. It's not about arguing with that. It's about saying that can be true for you, but it doesn't have to be true for me. And just because you're opening yourself up to more ease, whatever that looks like, that doesn't have to have anything to do with other people. It's not a criticism on the way that other people choose to live. And it's not about saying that other people aren't doing it the right way. So I hope that this episode was helpful. I am really looking forward to exploring this idea of creation cycles in more detail. It's really something that I'm just starting to scratch the surface on. And whether or not I continue to refer to it as creation cycles is to be determined. But for now, that just really felt like it made sense to me and helped me to really understand how I think I need to get from point A to point B in my life and then kind of auditing that and reflecting on whether that is supportive of a life that I want to create for myself. So I look forward to hearing how this episode went for you and how this starts to take place and apply to your life. And I thank you again for listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you in next week's episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.